The House of Cards off-season is over, but we are just getting started. Welcome back to your House of Cards post-show recap pregame show. And now, here are the two guys. The hottest ticket that's going into the 2016 election. Sesternino Brooks are back, baby! Oh, man, are we going to pregame with some barbecue? Some Freddy's barbecue? No, that's over. That's the season two pregame show. <laughs> I still got some in the freezer. I think I'll be good. Oh, Zach, welcome back. So excited to be talking about House of Cards once again. I am very pumped up about this. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I think, you know, we're in the heart of election season right now. It's Super Tuesday. What a great day to start talking about election season on House of Cards. Yeah, and I know you are a big basketball fan, but for me, this is like my March Madness of 13 episodes of House of Cards and all these podcasts that we're going to get to do. And I am really pumped up about this. Uh, I started listening to the old podcasts and starting to watch season three, and I can't wait to start to unwrap these 13 presents that are going to be dropped from Netflix. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, Netflix, they really did me a solid this month by releasing it right before March Madness, right before my birthday, right before I have all these things going on in March. So thanks for pushing it back a couple weeks. Netflix. And listening to the season three podcast, I am especially excited to be back talking with you because I have uh, there's nobody that I have more fun talking about House of Cards with than you, Zach Brooks. Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh we get it going right, right as soon as it drops, and, and we're we're all in on us. I cards. can't wait to hear some hot takes. Yeah, hot takes all about all the all the symbolism that isn't actually there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. If you are just joining us for the first time on the House of Cards post show recap, of course, uh, you probably hear me frequently on many other shows here on post show recaps. But Zach is a Washington D.C. insider. Yeah, living right on Capitol Hill, just, uh, you know, a couple miles from Frank Underwood's residence. (laughs) So he knows all sorts of things about the political process, about the locations used in House of Cards and uh, much, much more. So I'm very excited to be back talking with you, Zach. This is going to be very fun. I've missed you. Yeah. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, I took the Metro home from work today and I saw some House of Cards advertising and thought about Zoe Barnes. (laughs) so yeah she's she's long gone too she is long gone we're gonna be spoiling the first three seasons of house of cards by the way in case you hadn't noticed (laughs) i mean you shouldn't be listening to a season four preview show if you haven't watched the first three seasons or if you care about what happened in the first three seasons but i can't wait to get back and hear the voice once again of frank underwood i can't wait to hear your frank underwood impression oh i am back i am back Uh, I'm so excited for the return of the 2016 campaign because I'm so excited that House of Cards is going to take on this topic because, you know, that the the beauty of a show like House of Cards on Netflix is that it's able to come up with all sorts of crazy scenarios. Like in real life, politics can be pretty boring, pretty buttoned up, pretty right down the middle (laughs) and down the straight and narrow. Like you never hear politicians say crazy things on TV anymore and in house of cards we could really imagine what would happen if politics really went off the rails yeah i mean you know what would happen if, <laughs> if there was behind the scenes mudslinging in front of the cameras mudslinging I mean, we get to see this whole new world <laughs> in my rewatch of season three and i'm sort of like fast forwarding i'm pretty much i'm fast forwarding anything with doug right now as i'm going through it sort of like cherry picking different <laughs> things idea. i rewatch the debate 
that they had before the Iowa caucus. And this is what's really fun about this right now is that we are right in the thick of all of these like caucus and primary seasons that are happening right now. And last year we didn't quite really remember how everything worked. And so the whole of season three was like leading up to the Iowa caucus, which I mocked a lot at the time about the Iowa caucus. And I still think it's kind of a joke because everybody makes such a big deal about it. And it's over like that. And it's like Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus, but he could be out of the race in a couple of weeks from now. But it's, I don't think it's the end of the world Iowa caucus, but I guess it's better to win it than to not win it. But there was such a big deal in season three of house of cards about the Iowa caucus. And I watched the debate scene between Frank and Dunbar and Jackie Sharp, the Democratic primary debate or the Democratic caucus debate in Iowa before. And it was like so nothing compared to the real debates we've had in 2016. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we've had it has been a very entertaining election cycle so far uh, in the real world, not even in the House of Cards world. Did we have did we have in the House of Cards uh, in the House of Cards debates last season, anybody not walk onto the stage like we've had in, in the real world? <laughs> no, there was no wacky moments like that. But like the coup de gras of the Democratic caucus debate on House of Cards was when Jackie Sharp called Dunbar a hypocrite for sending her kids to private school. And then Frank Underwood turned it around and said, uh, well, actually, Jackie, I think you're a hypocrite. Don't your kids also go to private school? And she was like, oh, 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 I don't know what to do. And it's like, there's no, you're a loser. There's no, you know, you're a scam artist. You're a crook. Uh, <laughs> you're the biggest <laughs> liar I've ever met. You know, none of this even happened on House of Cards. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the politicians this year were inspired by House of Cards. <laughs> maybe. And they were like, we got to be more like Frank Underwood and Jackie Sharp in our. Yeah, so that to me is almost going to be one of the biggest themes going into season four of I know does art imitate life, but in real life, did life imitate art? I don't think it actually did, but just how much crazier is real life going to be than house of cards? Like is house of cards going to lose any of its luster because the events in real life happening right now are going to be crazier than anything that's happening on the show. I mean, I can't imagine that real life as crazy as real life is getting that we're going to have things like Zoe Barnes being thrown in front of okay, a metro. But that was an isolated incident. Like in terms of like the political landscape of the House of Cards universe, will we be seeing anything happening on the show that outdoes what's happening in the real world? Well, I mean, I don't know. Nobody is, you know, if we're talking about the political part, nobody is spending all of the money that could be used for hurricane relief. <laughs> Yeah, and then having having to negotiate hostages um, with Russia, like we're seeing in the last season. Yeah. But but the election part, I mean, you know, we're not we're not quite seeing that that yet. But we haven't we haven't even met the other candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, the other the other political party. Yeah. Um, we've only focused on the primary in the last. Yeah, season. they really didn't do any sort of service in terms of who the Republicans were throwing up in the beginning of the season. There was a little bit of the Mendoza factor. And then maybe he's just sort of like running opposed on the Republican side. And it's really boring. And all the excitement is on the Democratic side. Maybe it's like an inverse of the reality of right now. 
but I'm sure we will get into that as we get into season four. Let me just quickly also set up the House of Cards podcast iTunes feed is available if you go to postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C iTunes. You can get the dedicated feed, just the House of Cards, and get all of these episodes. You could also search for the House of Cards post show recap on your favorite podcatcher, or you could just be subscribed to post show recaps. Get everything we do here on postshowrecaps.com, and you will never miss an episode of this or anything else that we do on post show recaps. One other thing, just format wise, before we delve a little bit more into what we're going to see in season four, I think we're still a little bit undecided about the best way to cover this show. In the past, we had done 13 days of House of Cards, covered all 13 episodes in 13 days. Last season, we pretty much were beholden to that, but I think we skipped a couple days back and forth. This season, I think we're still a little bit up in the air as to the best way to cover this show that's going to work for you guys and also work for our schedule. One of the ideas I had was to sort of bunch up a couple of the podcasts where we would do one for the premiere and then put out another podcast after a few days, which would be sort of like a block of two or three episodes where we would watch an episode and then record and then stop and then watch an episode and then record and then stop. So we wouldn't be flooding people with too many podcasts over a course of a certain amount of time. That's one idea that's on the table. Also, the other idea that's on the table is maybe slowing down the release schedule. I don't know how many people I know. Some will go out there and binge all of these episodes in a matter of a weekend. But is that how the majority of you guys are going to consume this? Or are you going to be watching it over the course of a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the Netflix model in general just makes things so difficult to to keep a pace with anybody that you know that's watching the show unless you're watching all the episodes together. Now, hold um, on. Now, that, Zach, aren't you hypocritical? Because didn't you recently tell me that you hated how 112263 wasn't all released in one day on Hulu? Now, look, <laughs> uh, yeah, it. I used to be very kind of opposed to the Netflix model, uh, but I've, I've reversed on my stance a little bit because now I've gotten oh, greedy. You see now, Zach I just is a flip-flopper. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you did say that you were down on the Netflix model in our earlier podcast that I listened to today. Yeah. Well, now, now I've, I've seen the other side. I've seen the light and I, I've come around and, and I will vote yes on the Netflix. <laughs> yeah. But so in terms of our podcast, cause we also like to get questions from you guys that we can answer. So I don't know necessarily what the best way to do it. Should we try to go as fast as we can and really cater to the people that are going to watch it all the first weekend? Or do we, will we get more questions from you guys if we take our time a little bit more, not an unreasonable amount of time, but maybe cover 13 episodes over the course of three weeks or so. So I would love to hear from you guys in the comments here on postshowrecaps.com about this question. And we'll sort of land on an answer as we get into our premiere coverage, which should be dropping. The episodes come live on Friday and we will work on getting our first episode out for you guys for Saturday morning. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited just to to dive into it. That they've really been marketing and advertising this show a lot for this season, more so than other seasons. So uh, I have I have really high expectations. After season two was kind of subpar, season three was a bit of a bounce back. Um, I think we're 
the arrows pointed up for season four. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. And I feel like in my mind, I was a little more down on season three. But after listening to myself talk about it in the last recap podcast that we did, now I'm remembering more of what I liked about season three. So I'm very now bullish for House of Cards season four. Let me also, since I did listen back to that episode 39 recap today in the House of Cards podcast feed, I have a little bit of a mea culpa here, Zach. Because Uh in that podcast, I did promise that we would do a feedback show for House of Cards. And although I did say, I think it was it was up to you to remind me to do it. Well, now, look, if you want to look at the email history, Hillary. (laughs) Now, (laughs) don't take no for an answer. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, we were doing the evolution of strategy at the time. And it was just, you know, sort of like a crazy down the stretch. And I think that was around the time for those of you guys who listen to our Survivor podcast as well. Around the time that after, you know, the mid-March when we finished House of Cards last year, that was around the time that the Survivor Second Chance was starting to ramp up of what we were going to do and also finishing the evolution of strategy and as well as Survivor happening around that time. So anyway, like a true politician, I missed on my campaign (laughs) prompt and I, I ask for the forgiveness of the podcast listening audience. You know, America works, but sometimes our uh, our promises. Sometimes work. America doesn't work. <laughs> so I apologize, but Zach, that we do still have all the questions, right? Yeah, um, I saved all of the emails, and I am presenting them to the court here <laughs> to uh, to uh, look at my emails and be sure I've been honest. Uh, and I have picked out some of the questions that did come in about the end of. Season okay, so three. we will answer a couple of those questions. Here today, of course, our email address is hoc at postshowrecaps.com. And what we want you guys to do in terms of feedback is for the episodes that come up right in the subject line, the episode number, all the House of Cards episodes are episode 40, episode 41, episode 42, or, or chapter 41, right? Yes, chapters. Chapter. Put that in the subject line so you don't spoil us on anything that happens. And then write your email to us with your question and then we will go through during each podcast episode with an answer the questions that you guys send in to us ahead of time okay so when you watch chapter 40 coming up this friday and we will maybe ask for questions on twitter as well for the first episode then we will then take your chapter 40 questions you can email us at hoc at posturerecaps.com yeah, that's I mean, that's I think my main concern with slowing the pace down at all is just having to avoid spoilers yeah. for that long. But I feel like it, a lot of times the big things with House of Cards that get spoiled are, are pretty early on. Um, so hopefully we don't you know, there's not any big moments that do get spoiled for us uh, before we will talk about the show. Yeah. So I just don't want to make this decision in a vacuum. I want to hear from you guys. So leave us your comments and tell us uh, what you're thinking. Also, you could t- let us know on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sestrino and Zach is at Brooks ZA. Also, uh, Zach is the social media wizard behind the at post show recaps. Yeah, I'm the man behind the curtain. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so great job on, by you, Zach. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I work for the people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a cabinet member of post show recaps in charge of the Twitter account. Okay. So you want to do questions now? You want to do predictions? I mean, I have a couple things that I just want to talk about just to set up the season. So maybe we can start there. I think, 
I think that, you know, obviously the big story coming out of the end of season three is the Frank and Claire marriage, uh, appearing to be coming to an end Mm -hmm. uh, where Claire walks out on him. Yes. And you know, that's, that's the big story. That's our, that's our top story at the moment that we're, that we're heading into. Uh, and I'm curious how Frank is going to get out of this because Claire was such an integral part of his reelection. So I think, I think that's the, that's the big thing to watch. Um, and obviously we have all of the reelection stuff. I haven't read anything about, you know, what, what they've said is going to happen on the season. I've only seen the trailers and the previews. Uh, and if you haven't watched the trailer for this season, I, I recommend you go out and watch that because it makes the season look like it's going to be mind blowing. Okay. I'm have excited you, to watch it? that. No, I haven't seen the trailer. Oh yeah. man. It, it got me really excited when I was watching it. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how much they've shown just from the early episodes or from the whole season, but uh, it's a good trailer. They did such a 180 on Claire Underwood because the whole story in season two was that everybody in the world hated Claire Underwood. And remember, there were like protests outside their house of how much people hated Claire Underwood. And then a year later, the storyline is how much the world is obsessed with Claire Underwood and they love her. She's basically she's like the Washington, D.C. version of A-Rod. Where it's like, everybody's like, no, screw A-Rod. We never want him back. And then A-Rod is beloved, like, very quickly. She's like Kobe. Or like Kirk Cousins, maybe. (laughs) Like, she really, very quickly, like, in the course of a year, just completely went from 0% popularity to she's the only reason why people like Frank Underwood. Yeah, and uh, breaking news, I guess that they must have franchise-tagged Claire today. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) <laughs> she has Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so for Claire Underwood, I don't know exactly what's going to go on. And it seemed like that that was the only reason why people even liked Frank Underwood. So if she is not going to be with him, I don't know what that's going to do for his political career. But I, I mean, I don't even know. Do people really care about that? Like if you were a Obama voter and that Michelle left Barack, would you not vote for Barack anymore? I mean, if you didn't find out that, like, okay, well, he wasn't doing anything bad to her, and, you know, people still would have voted for Bill Clinton after considering what happened with him. And Frank Underwood, she's not saying that, oh, he cheated on me, that's why I'm leaving. If they're just saying, like, we have irreconcilable differences, are are people going to be out on Frank Underwood over this? I mean, I think it. A depends on what she does. You know, does she just say we had differences and we couldn't make it work? I mean, the differences must have been so bad that she would leave him in the middle of the campaign cycle. Mm -hmm. And he's got a lot of opponents that are looking for any opportunity to jump on him and and say why he would not be a good fit. So I think that, you know, this is this is not good. There's blood in the water um, and the sharks could be ready to attack right now. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that people would know about to try to turn this against him, it would be like some sort of like campaign ad of like Frank Underwood is a bad husband. He's emotionally distant and cares more about his work than he does uh, his marriage. Is this the type of man you want running your country? It's like, well, I I mean, better than the opposite, right? (laughs) Yeah, if that's what they say. I'm Catherine Dunbar and I approve this message. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, who knows what kind of mud's going to get slung in this season? And um, and they painted it at the end of the at the end of the season that that Claire was a 
integral part, and she was the reason why people were voting for him. Um, and I wonder, we talked a lot in last season about black and white and and how Claire changed her hairstyle and a lot of the other motifs changed from from black to white or, or brunette to, bl- to blonde. Um, and I wonder if the kind of public opinion of Claire syncs up with when she when she made that physical change. Hmm. And you were very down on Claire Underwood in our last <laughs> podcast. Yeah. You I, said I, she was short-sighted for wanting to leave Frank Underwood. Why can't she just wait? Yeah, I mean, I, I still I still maintain that. I think that it was not the not the best move. I've always been on, on Team Frank. I mean, um, you know, I, I like Walter White. I like the anti-heroes. So, um, you know, I, I support Frank. I just don't know where she's going. I don't know. Like, it's not like she has a another suitor out there. And we know that Frank Underwood has said some rather horrible things to Claire Underwood. And certainly he has not always been considerate of her feelings. But I don't know necessarily what she's going to go out there and say to people. I mean, I can't imagine that she's going to disclose all of these closed door conversations. So I don't know what she's going to do if she's going to run for some sort of office. Is she going to be a factor in this sort of race? I mean, I can't imagine that she's going to be part of the political scene in the presidential race, right? I mean, I think she wants to have her own success and power. Um, and and I, I don't think she's afraid to play dirty if if she can if she can maneuver and use this to her advantage. I I can't see her her turning that opportunity down. Yeah. Like after the Bill Clinton administration, then Hillary Clinton went and ran for senator in New York. I mean, do you see something similar going on? where we see Claire is going to go set up somewhere and then run for office as well in the 2016 election? I mean, that would be a pretty quick turnaround. But if she already has so much public support, uh, I I could definitely see that happening. And I think she's from Texas, I believe. Hmm. So maybe we're going to get some Texas scenes where she's down there. Yeah, but if she's campaigning in Texas, I just don't see exactly how she's going to have any sort of interaction with Frank. If she's running for... She's going to run for, uh, you know, in or against Ted Cruz in <laughs> Texas uh, for Senate seat. I don't know exactly how we're seeing her with Frank unless that she doesn't want him to come campaign for her or he has to make a campaign stop there. It just seems like that takes her further away from this story. Yeah, I mean, I I also don't foresee this lasting forever. Um, you, you see it a lot of times in shows where where the main the main character's couple breaks up mm-hmm. and, and it lasts, you know, a couple of the first couple episodes of the new season. And then, uh, they're back together and it, do- it doesn't last permanently. And, um, I would be surprised if this is a, if this is a permanent end to them. I think it might just be uh, another obstacle and another hurdle for Frank to have to overcome, uh, and for Claire to, to overcome the problems that she's having with him to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel and the, and that they got a good thing going. Do you think that this season might be about a choice for Frank Underwood? And it seems like an odd choice that Claire Underwood would have him make where he has to pick her over the presidency, where maybe this season is about him in some way giving up the presidency in 2016 in order to pursue Claire and win her back. 
I mean, that would be interesting. And if, you know, we had the, we had this theory that we heard about either, I think it was last season that we heard about it, the whole cards metaphor that every season was 13 episodes and a deck of cards has 52 cards. So by the end of season four, we would be at our 52nd episode and that would be the end of the series. And if that held true, I could see that being the way the series ends. But the the show has been renewed for season five. The show's already been renewed for season five uh, with a new showrunner too. Bo Williamson uh, is not going to be with the show in season five. Okay. So what does that mean for you? Do you think that he left? Again, this is like the Claire Underwood thing. Do you think that he left on bad terms or he just wanted to go do something else? That was my first instinct. I thought it was actually not a great sign when I saw that it was renewed before it was the fourth season had even aired and that the showrunner was going to leave. Yeah. Um, I hope that I'm wrong and I'm going to keep watching it and, um, you know, but I, I do worry that he had a plan. He had something written out and Netflix, you know, Netflix just renewed orange is the new black for like two or three additional seasons. Um, and they're going to, they keep cranking out content. They said they're going to double their content this year. So, you know, is Netflix the one that's getting greedy and is, um, at the sacrifice of the, of the full story and the, the quality story. Is it possible that it was differences with Kevin Spacey that maybe uh, Kevin Spacey says to uh, Bo Williman, like, uh, you get your ass to New Hampshire. I will see you there tomorrow. He's like, no, I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm gone. Bye. What? I hope that they show us that. Yeah. (laughs) Everything I've heard about Kevin Spacey is that he's actually like a really great guy and, and really good to work with. Oh, I hear the opposite. I always hear that he's very difficult to work with. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, maybe that's just the public appearance that I'm uh, I'm buying his public image that he's a great guy. All right. So a lot of questions shaping up as we look into season four. Do you think that Frank Underwood will emerge from the 2016 campaign as the president of the United States? I would like to think so. But as we've been talking about Claire and Frank and Frank having to make a decision if he's going to choose Claire, if he's going to choose his career. What if what we get for season five is we get Frank lose at the end of season four. And then season five is, is about Claire's rise in him playing second fiddle to Claire. No, I think we got to start to wind this thing down. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how many more seasons we're going to do. I don't know how many seasons Kevin Spacey wants to do house of cards for. I got to feel like if, if five isn't the end, six has to be. And I feel like we got to start to bring this thing in for a landing. You would think, but they're renewing these shows at such a high rate before they're even airing. I mean, I, you know, like it's going to be hard for people to keep up with all of the Netflix shows, but they just want to crank out content. And, you know, I think I don't know if this show is is looking at the landing at all yet. Do you think is it possible? Could Frank Underwood die and the show continues on in some capacity following the political aspirations of Claire Underwood? Or following Doug Meet or uh, Doug Stamper. I don't or want to talk about either Doug. one. I was very, <laughs> we were very down on. I called Doug the LVP of season three. His storyline of everything with Rachel going on. It was re- it was really that uh, we were very down on it. Well, Frank thought Doug was doing his job, and okay. he told Claire that at the end of the season. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But then you think that Claire Underwood would have Doug Stamper in sort of like the pseudo spinoff. It wouldn't really be like the spinoff. It would just be sort of like house of cards is like ER 
where, you know, Clooney's leaving and we're just going to move on without him. Yeah, but the whole show, I mean, that would be interesting. I don't think the show would be very good if they if uh, Frank Underwood wasn't on it, because the show has always been told from Frank's perspective. We get Frank addressing the audience. Mm-hmm. We don't ever get Claire addressing the audience or or Meacham addressing the audience. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. They, they could do anything. They could really change things up. We've seen this is a show that's not afraid to kill off main characters. Uh, you know, in the first episode of season two, we lose a character that nobody expected to lose. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But I, I just can't see this show being around without Frank Underwood. I think the short answer is they could do it. It would be weird. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I, I just wouldn't be good. I don't know. Frank, Frank is the heart and soul of this show. Yeah. All right. Let's take a couple of those questions before we start to get ready officially for season four and sign off. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the questions is about Doug, so I can just, uh, you know, we'll do this one real quick and real then, you quick. Can, then you can get mad. Uh, so Keith Dixon wrote in and said, as soon as Doug was out of sight, why didn't Rachel run into the desert just in case Doug decided to circle back and kill her? Should yeah. she have tried to kill Doug again as soon as he set her free? We had a lot of questions in the finale recap about Doug and the murder van and that we just, we just don't know. We, there's just so many questions about Doug and Rachel and that whole relationship that we will never really understand the thinking of Doug. But that relationship is done. We might get, Doug was really good in season one. We might get Doug back in, in kind of full form and, and really get, get better Doug now that we're, we have kind of the Rachel uh, the Rachel disease out of there. I mean, is the problem really Rachel or, or is there just going to be some new escort or massage therapist or hotel maid or parking attendant that he just sees and then becomes infatuated with? I think the real problem is just that the last season, the writers really didn't know what to do with Doug. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping now that they've kind of had a chance to hit the reset button, they might be able to really get something set up um, and get him involved in some interesting storylines, really doing a lot more of the the, the dirty deeds and the, the backroom deals. Okay. Liz Gardner wrote in and said, could Claire be the cause of Frank's downfall in season four? She could distance herself from him or get close to him and betray him. I don't think that she would sort of like do some sort of like Trojan horse move on him. I mean, I certainly could see potentially her going to the media, but I just feel like that she's too classy to do that. And I think that she knows that he can fight dirty, too. So if she goes out starting to like air his dirty secrets, like he knows all her dirty secrets, too. So he could just start leaking all sorts of crazy stuff about her. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Claire, we need stuff for her to do this season. We need, you know, she's not going to be with Frank. She's got to be doing something where she's she's really heavily involved. So, um you know, I think while the marriage subplot is going to be something clear, there's got to be something else going on that's really going to drive Claire's story this season. Call your shot on this. Where do we open on this relationship? Do we have a time jump? Do Does Frank go and win her back in the first episode? I wonder if we're jumping not too far into the future, but to Super Tuesday, which is today. Oh, yeah, that would be good if they sort of like where we have it. Where has Frank then locked up the nomination? I think so. Um, I think I think Frank's going to have the nomination and we're going to start seeing the the general election um, starting to come around and and see who his Republican opponent is going to be. Okay, is that going to be exciting of Frank on the campaign trail? 
that wasn't the part that excited me that much last year. I think, um, you know, the stuff that with him and the Russians was a little bit more interesting and, and all the America work stuff. And, and I think that's a lot more interesting, but that can just kind of be a subplot and, you know, whether we're getting Frank trying to repair his marriage or Frank trying to, to spin this thing and cover it up. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to jump pretty head on into whatever is going on in this world. And, and we're, we're going to, we're it, this train isn't going to be going slow. This, this Metro car is going pretty fast. So yeah, stay I out guess of the way. I'm probably recency bias that the last couple of general elections for president, when we get down to the final two, haven't been that exciting in terms of Obama and McCain and Obama Romney. But if you go back to like the two Bush battle, Bush Gore and then uh, Bush versus Kerry, those were pretty, you know, hard fought, contested fights the whole way through. So I think there's probably some excitement in the general election, too. And if we get an opponent to Frank, that's really good. Um, you know, if you look at the last couple seasons, we had Tusk in season two as Frank's big opponent. Um, we had Petrov, I guess, as the as the big opponent last year. And then also also Dunbar it was kind of a kind of a two villain story last season. Um, you know, as long as we get a, a villain that's more like more like Tusk, more like Dunbar and less like uh, Garrett Walker, the president in season two. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's good to see. <laughs> Did you watch him on see, Mr. Robot? Oh, he was on Mr. Robot. Um, he was better on Mr. Robot than he was <laughs> on House of Cards, but it was, uh, I kept seeing him and I'm like, God, that guy's such a doofus. He wasn't <laughs> He's the as president. Bad and, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was funny seeing him. I'm surprised he got more work after uh, House of Cards season two. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Mendoza, who, if they kind of had disappear on the show. I don't know if he's going to be the Republican nominee. Like, I think I would be a lot more excited if there was like some sort of like big name that they brought in somebody who was really on the Kevin Spacey level and not necessarily a name like Kevin Spacey, but somebody who could really just go mano y mano with Kevin Spacey versus Frank Underwood. If you could dream cast Frank's uh, Frank Underwood's opponent, Brian Cranston. You- Ooh, Brian Cranston, that would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be good. But I feel like that that uh, Bob Odenkirk doesn't do menacing, whereas I feel like that, you know, you could have some scenes where they're sort of like really like toe to toe. And I think they both could sort of like get to that same level of like, uh, like, no, I'll tell you. And really <laughs> just like uh, get in each other's face. So then they would really be able to decide who's the one who knocks. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a great battle. Yeah. But I just would love to see somebody who really has some chops. And maybe Mendoza can do that. But I feel like from the little small samples that we got of Mendoza, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to see more of this guy on the screen. Yeah. And we did get an email from somebody um, and I don't have it up, but they did say that Mendoza was actually cast on another show. And that's why he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Last OK, season. good. Blessing in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it'd be it'd be great if we get if we get some some good uh talent in here to to really oppose Frank and get somebody who who works uh for the show really well. Yeah, even Dunbar was really good as a foil for him. And Dunbar and Jackie Sharp, both of them were good in season 3. So it'd be good to have somebody who could just really just go toe to toe with Spacey. Yeah. Um I think, you know, I, I would I would recommend uh uh Terry O'Quinn who played John Locke. I think yeah. that could be fun. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. 
anybody that you could really just like chew on the scenery with Spacey, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, get a uh, negotiator uh, a reunion. Sam Jackson would be good. I think that, he, you know, I think he might just get a little too loud and yelling at Spacey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they were great in the negotiator against each other. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I recommend if, if somebody needs something to do until Netflix uh, drops House of Cards, go watch the negotiator. You can yeah. probably find it somewhere. That's good. Uh, so we have one more question. Uh, and this one actually ties into something that I, I think I predicted this on the show at the end of last season. Uh, it comes from Alex Wilpon and she said, Frank's sexual history has got to be made public at some point during this series. It seems like a waste of three seasons of backstory. If it wasn't, do you think it'll happen in season four? I think at some point these rumors are going to come out. I think that's probably maybe corroborating evidence where it's like, okay, maybe it's mysterious. Oh, why did Claire Underwood leave Frank Underwood? And then these rumors start to come out after, you know, we have everything with uh, the book author last season. So maybe at some point that starts to leak and that becomes a bigger and bigger story. And maybe his political opponents try to use that against him. Yeah. And I think my prediction at the end of last season was that he actually is the one who releases that to get ahead of the story and really get some public sympathy. Hmm. <sighs> Boy, I, I just don't know if that's ultimately going to win some of those red states uh, like if, in a political ca- campaign. You know, it's the kind of thing that probably would hurt him, certainly help him in some places. But in the places where it's going to help him, I feel like that he's probably already going to win in those places. But uh, will it help him across the board? I don't know. Yeah, but he's a, he's a Southern candidate. He's from South Carolina. Um, so maybe he could, maybe he can use this to really turn the tide and, and open up a dialogue. I think, I think this is what's going to happen. I, I think this is my big prediction is that, is that we're going to see Frank reveal, um, in order to get ahead of why Claire left him was that it's because, it's because he's had these relationships with men in the past and that he's gay. Okay. Well, it's a complicated issue, and anytime you bring up gender, I just think that it's in an election, it's a very tricky issue uh, to deal with. I don't know if on the campaign trail where, you know, Michael Sam couldn't even land in the NFL after he came out before the NFL draft, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to help uh, Frank Underwood in all of these different swing states. And yeah. not the kind of swinging that he did with Meacham. <laughs> or with Yates. <laughs> with Yates. Yeah. That's a different Are we going to see more Yates, Yates and Kate? No, because Kate is uh, busy on the uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, she is. Okay. I think she's out. I'd be very surprised if we see her this season. All right. Well, too busy. Know, too maybe, busy maybe, on, <laughs> on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, uh, I don't know, Fear the Walking Kate. Yeah. Did you watch Fear the Walking Dead? No, I've. Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead are totally out of my. Uh, out of my zone. I haven't seen any of those. Okay. All right. Everything well, else pretty much I watch. She's very those. good on that. She was very, she was even better on uh, fear of the walking dead than she was on house of cards. Oh, well, I mean, she wasn't really anything special on house of cards. Yeah, I thought she was so, so, but she really, she's in a lead role on fear of the walking dead. She did a great job. All right. I've got a couple quick predictions for you to make. Okay. I want to get you, right. you to lock in your answer here. Yes or no here on the Uh-oh. official preview show on the okay. record. Okay. <laughs> okay. Question number one. Will Frank and Claire reunite in season four? Yes or no? Yes. I will say yes as well. 
Oh, look at you just agreeing with I'll me. Say, but it, <laughs> pandering. I could <can>, <laughs> see it being. I could see it being no, but I do feel like I don't know what the show is if you don't get them back together. But I think it's going to take a while. I think it's right. going to be all season long. So, so call your shot. Give me then what episode? They're back together by episode five. By, okay, I'll, I'll take the over. I think all that right. they don't get back together until episode ten or higher. Oh man! And is it like a? Uh, is it like a one night? quick romantic entanglement that gets them back together or do they really talk about it hash out their issues and they form something deeper? no they are getting back together they're getting back together because so question number two i have will frank and claire have sex this season no no okay i think they will all right i mean because he she uh tried to have sex with him in the finale and he wouldn't do it well how'd that go well it didn't it didn't happen right right so the answer is uh to have sex <laughs> oh all right well yeah we'll see all right. Uh, question number three. Will we see Gavin's guinea pig cashew at any point this season? <laughs> yes or no? Uh, maybe like in the background, but I don't I don't think he's making an appearance. He might be on Fear the Walking Dead, too. So I'm sure he's busy in the background counts. <laughs> I mean, we have to know that it's cashew and not some other rogue. Oh, they pig. won't just have him in the background. They will do a close up shot of him if he's in a scene. You do not put cashew as like a background extra and not at least focus the camera on him once you don't put cashew in the corner right <laughs> yes or no to cashew uh no no i'll say yes all right so yes i don't know if gavin is coming back this season because uh, he's on some new show with omar from the wire so is is house of cards just kind of the launching pad of all these people's career where they come on they do a season or two and then they they move on to something else yeah I think House of Cards for actors is sort of like just the waiver wire in like a sports league where it's like you come to House of Cards, but it's like anybody could pick you up at any time and you just leave House of Cards and just leave them hanging and go do any other show. It is weird that people will leave mid season from this show because you just think that like we binge watch this. We watch it all in 13 days or however long it takes. And you just assume that they film it all that quickly. But I guess I guess it's like any other show with its production schedule. Yeah, it probably takes just as long to film it. All right. Then my next question for you is question number four, which is will Frank Underwood win reelection in 2016? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I will say no, 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 I don't think so. Because if he wins in 2016, what are we going to have four more years of Frank Underwood in office or he's going to get assassinated. So I think we need to start to wind this thing down. I think he loses the reelection and then we go from there. So, I mean, like, what did you think that is going to happen in season five then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think we're going to get four more years of the Underwood administration. Yeah. I just, I, it kind of bums me out. he wins that, and then gets impeached, like, in the next season, like, he goes out. That's what I could see happening, but it, it just kind of bums me out that we know that, uh, that House of Cards is coming back for another season already. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine if that's going to happen, but. But don't tell me before I even watch the season that we already are going to have another season. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I love talking about it with you. I, I don't want the show to go off the air, you know, because then I lose my podcasting job. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I just I wish I didn't know this like two months ago that the show is coming back and with a new showrunner. Yeah, it's a little okay. concerning. OK. And then finally, my last question for you is, will Frank Underwood tell a not funny joke in a speech but get a huge <laughs> round of laughter more than 10 and a half times. Oh yeah. I think that's, that's probably the lock of the season, right? 
<laughs> that was one of the biggest things I noticed on my rewatch that Frank Underwood could be talking to a crowd of people and he will say like the most folksy thing to an audience and they will just die like it's Kevin Hart up there where he's like, uh, well, that's the craziest thing I've heard since the pig walked into the bank and asked for a mortgage. And uh, the audience is like, ah! <laughs> do, do you find Kevin Hart specials extremely funny? Because I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at anything Kevin Hart said. Uh, don't be a heart hater. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know about Kevin Hart, but I do love that aspect of of Frank's character, where he does turn on that kind of folksy sing song, <laughs> Frank Underwood in front of the camera. I think that's that's great because you know what's actually going on and what his true intentions are. But it, it's great to see him work a crowd like that. Like he was in the debate, he said something like where they asked him about like, oh, uh, Dunbar was like, hey, Frank Underwood, uh, you said you weren't going to run for election, yet here you are, and he's like, well, you know, in Washington D.C. politics, uh, you know what they say. Uh, sometimes uh, things are as clear as moonshine, as we used to say back home. And <laughs> people like were dying as clear as moonshine. Uh, they thought that was hilarious. You know, clear as moonshine. I'm going to I'm going to try to use that over the next couple weeks as much as I can. <laughs> See if anybody even chuckles at that. Like, Wait, what? Clear? <laughs> Clear is is moonshine clear or is it not clear? What does that mean? <laughs> Maybe they just all fear him because he's the boss. They have to all laugh at his jokes. But uh, I think that happens a lot on this show. So you say over ten and a half times. I also say over. Well, I'll take the under just to make things interesting. Just to make things interesting. And, okay. and we'll track this. We'll track this throughout the season. Okay. All right. So there you have it. I am going to uh, record this and we'll take a look at it again at the end of the season. So this Friday on your Netflix That's when the new House of Cards is going to drop. We will be back on Saturday morning to answer your questions and talk about the premiere of season four of House of Cards. Again, here's what you need to know. Send us your emails with your questions about the premiere. HOC at postshowrecaps.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash HOC iTunes, or you can simply go ahead and subscribe to the main Post Show Recaps feed. But we do appreciate it if you leave us some feedback and star ratings. Leave us your honest. We wouldn't ask you to, to give us a rating we don't deserve. So give us a star rating because that does help people find us in the iTunes store at postshowrecaps.com slash HOC iTunes or search for post show recaps house of cards. All right, Zach, do you have anything else? Uh, do you want to make a, a death lock for the season? A death lock for the season. Yes. Give me your, your pick for the death draft. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with Meacham. Meacham. Yeah. It's takes been, a bullet for Frank. The prophecy of Meacham taking a bullet for Frank has been real. That is a great pick in the death draft. I will say, Boy, I think that at some point, like this Doug thing has got to come to a head, right? Yeah, he's been he's been knocking at death's door a couple times here. (laughs) The most self-destructive character on the show, the person who is literally left for dead at the end of season two, that whether he's going to end up someplace where he shouldn't belong or off himself or Frank Underwood's going to have to Rousseau him, then I don't think Doug's going to make it. So, okay, Doug versus Meacham. Oh, man. WrestleMania. (laughs) All right, Zach, what's the hashtag for this preview show? Uh, Well, one that you just said, you just said Pete Rousseau him. I think that's not bad. Uh, I also like hashtag clear as moonshine. Clear as moonshine. Okay, let's do that. Clear as moonshine. 
That's the hashtag. Can't wait to get back here to talk House of Cards with you guys. Leave us your comments and let us know your preferred method for us to attack these 13 episodes all on postshowrecaps.com. Zach, have a good one. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.